Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to podcast number 38. And this one, it almost sounds like the title of another book we could write, but the title today is The Doctor's Paradox. Mm, very good, Sharice. Meaning the doctor being you. So you're pointing your fingers at me, so I'm going to be the subject in this one. I think the- you kind of are. I mean, you are the paradox. You're a living paradox. <laughs> well, thank you, Sharice. <laughs> Isn't that also called schizophrenia? No. No, okay. Okay. No, not at all. But I think I think that there's an irony to your life and your training. And we've touched upon it many times talking about how you were um, in practice and then the doctor becomes the patient. But there's a lot of layers to this. And there's a lot of layers that I really hope can inspire people in their own journey as they're going through suffering to have increased hope through the process. Right. And so I just, I would like to say, Gordon, I mean, for you, now, admittedly, I was like four years old when you began practice. No, maybe not quite that young, but I mean, not too far away from that. I didn't know you then, so everything is good, but I can only imagine you as an incredibly ambitious, gifted young doctor, and I can see how much you would have actually contributed to people, how disciplined you were, um, and just how intelligent you are, and how you have this innate sense about the human body anyway. So I can see all that in my mind's eye as you were rolling into your practice and you came to Colorado from, um, from Georgia and starting your life here, starting your practice here, then getting to a point where you had a second practice in Pueblo and you had hospital privileges here to Memorial Hospital to do manipulation under anesthesia. I just got those privileges when everything changed. Right. So... And when you say everything got changed, it the script of life got flipped for you. Right. Ever, I mean, you couldn't have ever predicted this situation. Never. This was not the plan for the future for me. So, and, and so I moved. You take that word irony, which the, the word of paradoxical nature. In other words, here are the contradictions. Mm-hmm. I was doctor to patient non-surgical specialists working manipulation and working the alternative ways of the body, which, boy, the body signals healing and and how you take care of the body and optimization. And then I moved to being a surgical patient. Mm. I had an athletic lifestyle. Then I had to move into sedentary. Mm -hmm. I was self-sufficient. Then I became dependent. I was successful in business. Then I felt like I moved down, down to the bottom of the pain pit. into nothingness, especially when it came to work. I had no physical ability to keep working. You couldn't apply pressure, physical pressure to a patient to do manipulation when your neck was so unstable. Right. And it, you know. And, And having those four neck surgeries and basically leaving one functional disc in my neck, Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't even afford, even if I could adjust a patient, I could do manipulative therapy. It would only be a matter of time before I blew out that other disc. And ironically, people think, oh, you're married to a chiropractor and maybe does he, 
you know, work on you secretly? Does he give you adjustments or manipulate your your back in certain ways? And the truth is, you really don't. I mean, you you have given that part of life. It was literally just taken from you. The art of that, the the desire, the practice, the desire hasn't left. But and I, just, I think that happens with a lot of people when you shut the door to your past. Mm-hmm. You try to compartmentalize and you, I try to just forget it. I just accepted the fact that my chiropractic career that I knew would grow into other areas, whether it was functional medicine or anything else, I let it go and I stuffed it. Yeah, I pushed it down. And a lot of people who have had profitable work and they've been productive and then they've been in pain. They've taken their past and said, I'm going to go ahead and try to erase my past and let me start with a new future. Or some of them are so stuck in their past. Right. I mean, honestly, I think that's more people than not that I've met in the course of my life. You're one of the few that can you 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 have this forward thinking ability, which is so healthy. I'm I'm so proud of that with you. But there's a number of people that can't get away from their past. They're haunted by that, the past life that they had or their past, you know, trauma or past thinking. And Gordon, I mean, we've talked about having present day thinking. Right. But it doesn't mean that you can deny what brought you to the place of pain. Right. And I think today's podcast, I think we need to talk about the past, not to rehabilitate it or to resurrect it. Mm. But the point is, is the more you stuff every part of your life about the past and you stuff it down deep inside of you, it's only growing. True. That pain grows. Those signals in your brain are still wired to remember it and to still deal with it. Now, one thing I realized about the past was this, is that God is working in your past, even if it seems like it's a failure and you don't see him. I think of the story of Joseph when you say that. Okay. And how God was working with him in prison, in jail, falsely accused, persecuted. This he had a vision that he that his brothers would be bowing down to him. Instead, he ended up in prison right. for a period of life. Right. And I just it's so it, the irony of that. You know, you're you're living out your own irony, but I think that I think that we end up in places that we never expected. Right. And what I'm saying about the past is also this, okay? Is that I don't think it's healthy to try to emulate all the past traumas in your present day life. Can you explain that a okay. little bit more? So I would not take the fullness of your trauma mm-hmm. and try to bring it into a, a reality today of what your life should look like. That's trying to rehab the old old part of who you are. But where things change is when you shine truth, when you start mm. living by truth mm-hmm. and you shine truth on your past, you can still extract lessons that may apply and propel you forward. I know one vivid practical lesson is this. I stuffed chiropractic out of my mind. 
In fact, I wouldn't even try to adjust someone, even a personal family member, if there was an emergency. I would still go to another physician or a chiropractic physician to get help. I had pushed it that far Mm -hmm. out of my life. But the truth is this. In my practice, I used to work with chronic pain patients. There's the irony. There's the irony. I loved working with those patients. And the job was was to move them out of too many treatments, too much obsessiveness on certain areas, mm-hmm. and then move them objectively and then watch their subjective symptoms change and watch how they could live a functional lifestyle. So that chronic pain patient was getting better. They might not have been totally pain-free, but they lost percentages of pain symptoms and they were able to live a more functional lifestyle. When you say that in my mind's eye, I get this vision of you helping to facilitate and create space for that chronic pain person to reorganize their life, their inner world. Right. So, create space p- Create space between the pain mm-hmm. and then learning how to embrace the pain. Yes. Instead of just trying to push it out of your life. The stuffing part. Right. And learning how to reduce fear. So what's what the irony mm. is, is this. Now our podcasts are about chronic pain patients. Mm-hmm. And I see the and you are one. Right. And I see <laughs> the old Dr. Selly coming up. Yeah. Being a healthcare provider. But now dealing with spiritual healing and encouragement and rethinking and repurposing mm-hmm. so people can have that same extra benefit mm-hmm. or advantage, okay, that they did not have over pain before. True. So it's helping people. That's the irony. So you can glean some lessons from your past, but the important thing is shine truth on it. Live by truth. I think of this. I think of uh, the fact that I'm, you know, I personally may not trust a leader that doesn't have a limp. Right. And so the young Dr. Selly didn't have that limp. You were extremely gifted. I know you were. I didn't know you then, but I know you were because I know you now. Right. But well, thank you, Sharice. The limp that you have is also the beauty of what makes you so trustworthy because you're working out the process and literally walking out the process every day of your life. And um, I think the other word that you said that sticks out that we should talk a little bit more about is truth. Not stuffing the trauma and stuffing the pain, but, but almost like illuminating and shining a light of truth on it. Truth helps to overcome the fear and and it helps to bring to bring meaning to the trauma. Well, and so I I want you to talk more about well, that. Well, when you, when you we have so many slogans today. Everything is social mediaized. Okay? Here's your slogan for Facebook, Instagram, here's how I'm going to communicate. Mm-hmm. We are so short-term in our thinking, we create blurbs of almost propaganda for each person, and we claim that that's the truth. In reality, it's not. The truth has power. And when you shine that truth and you're living by truth, 
you shine it. You don't have to conform to slogans anymore when you're dealing with pain and you don't have to stuff your pain. We know that pain grows, as we mentioned before, but you don't have to do that anymore. Mm. And so what the truth does, we don't want that pain to grow over time. What truth does is it stops that growth of pain. Or maybe it stops the destructive cycle of pain. Right. The, maybe the pain doesn't go away, but it it sheds light and it stops the destruction. Right. Well, it just stop it stops the demoralization that you have. That's a good word. And it stops the bitterness that grows in your heart. Mm. So it has an antidotal effect. Truth has power. And when we talk about power, Many times we think, okay, we're stuck within the confines of pain. We're trapped. We've got shackles around our our legs. We can't even hardly move. What the truth does, it says this. When you start to revolt against the constraints of pain, then you start to learn after you're revolting, then you realize you're starting to walk by a living truth that's in you. You do not have to adhere to the control or sovereignty of pain over your life. That does not mean to be foolish. Right. That means that you can start stepping out. Instead of feeling this small with pain, you start growing in different things that you can do. I've seen it in our marriage. I've seen it in our life. How have you seen it practically? Um, that our, even though, in fact, in some ways, uh, the like the wearing of pain has increased in your life because it hasn't ended, and it it it's changed forms. It was acute um, in RSD stages in our very early part of our marriage where you couldn't walk or get out of bed and your nervous system was shut down to then, you know, going through the remission of that, but still having nerve pain everywhere um, that doesn't end. And then that, then the pain of the autoimmune diseases that have, have been your struggle you know, for many years now. So the rheumatoid arthritis and then going into kidney stone. So I've seen how the, the, so it's so weird how many layers there are to um, pain and to chronic pain conditions. And many people are experiencing those layers. They are experiencing those layers. So those, so my point is that stuff hasn't changed. It's, it's actually kind of changed forms. It's grown in some ways. It hasn't, gone away. But here's what's so cool as that has grown. But because you have chosen truth over lies. And when I, when I, we're not talking about some abstract, call your own truth, truth. I think when we talk about truth, it has come from the living and manifesting word of God in our lives. Yes, It is acknowledging that God loves you in your pain. It is, it is opening up your body to the deepest levels of God's life-giving principles that are living in you, that are washing you clean, even in your pain. Right. That's what, to me, the truth is. Um, and so, so seeing you grow in pain, but also growing, your world is growing in more vital and fruitful ways. It's expanding it's expanding because you've said, I, I will not become a victim of my pain. I can still be a victor over it. I don't, the irony of what you've gone through gives you the compassion 
to love people even more and to comfort them with the comfort that you have every day. But you're still the doctor, honey, and you always will be. Right. And you have you have that gift coupled with this raging um, ability to stand firm in the storm of pain. That's the beauty of what I see every day. I am not unique. Yeah, well. Okay. And do you know what? There are 100,000 people out there right now at any given moment who can make the same choices and the same changes with their life. Mm. Okay. They don't have to allow the idea of new thinking is not to stuff pain. The idea of new thinking is not to compete against it. The idea of new thinking is is not to quit life just because pain exists. The most powerful thing is this, is when you are a believer, for instance, you have a power in you that takes over when you feel powerless. And I did not recognize that in the early stages when mm-hmm. I developed acute pain and I moved into a condition where pain was so much bigger than me. It destroyed every aspect of my life. Right. Okay. It was like being in Indonesia watching a tsunami come in and rip everything out. There was nothing There left. was nothing left. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everything of value felt like it was gone. Right. My career my health, my idea as a father, holding my son. Your former marriage. My former marriage. Mm-hmm. Everything was taken, just taken away in a second. But that's when I started new, and that's when I realized that new thinking that had to happen, I was desperate for real power. I was desperate mm. for real love, and that happened with God. Okay? And that power, it's it's. It's made perfect in your weakness. Right, right. I, I want to say this. The truth does this. People will ask, well, how does the truth make my life better? It makes your life better because you start becoming better when you follow the truth. You become the person that God intended for you. It's not that truth comes in and gives you a magic pill. It's that you now are part of the process of transformation. That's what's so beautiful about the truth. So what thoughts do you have for today? It's fresh. It's happening as you're talking. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. Yes. And I am the life. Right. So truth is actually really a person. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's God. Right. But Jesus came in the form of man, but he is God. And I just want to say that is truth that will never disappoint you, leave you, or hurt you. That is the truth that you can rely on in your weakness to carry you through when you have nothing left. Right. Very good. Very good. Mine is this. I have two thoughts. First thought is this, God wastes nothing with your life. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we don't even recognize it. And all along the way, you may be part of the training ground with others on a journey that you never expected to take. And it might affect you in the present day and in the future, both personally and professionally. So don't give up 
stick with truth, even if it's a slow grinding process. Yes. Okay. Number two, I read something very interesting about a, a sovereign government in Russia, and there's a, a Russian Orthodox mystic of the 19th century, Saint Seraphim of Serov, who once said, Acquire the Holy Spirit, and thousands around you will be saved. It's that kind of spark that brings a revolution that creates and saves liberty and humanity. Mm. The same thing applies to the sovereignty of pain over your life. Acquire the Holy Spirit and watch what can happen within you and the community around you. Beautiful, honey. Yes. Well, thank you very much for today's podcast. Thank you. We're thank gonna... you for putting me on the stage and making me vulnerable today, Sharice. <laughs> I appreciate it. I didn't it. anticipate that. No, I honestly really appreciate it. And um, this is what it's about. Come on, guys, move forward with us in our journey as we want to move forward with you. And let's continue to work towards transformation in this community. Amen. Let's do it. Catch you next time. All right. Thank you.